Oh man, I don't even know if I remember how to do this. Uh, let's try one of these. You took the Jaffa cake and them's the rules. No, no, wrong show. How about one of these? No, no, that's a little something for later. Uh, maybe it's this file? It's Guild Ball Tonight, your independent source for Guild Ball news, information, and conversation. Episode 37 for May 9th, 2016. Well, hello and welcome to a long overdue episode of the Guild Ball Tonight podcast. I am your uh, your host and uh, person to blame for our delayed schedule, Phil. And with me is the long-suffering and long-waiting Bill. How are you doing, Bill? We, we don't blame you to your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> no, honestly, we uh, we had every intention of recording this show last week, and something something I had to deal with came up, and you know, that happens occasionally, but uh, I think it was just exasperated by the fact that we have not recorded an episode of this show since before Adepticon. Because everything we recorded after Adepticon were special topic shows that made up the last two episodes. Awesome shows. Oh, they were very good shows, but it just didn't kind of like it wasn't on schedule and it wasn't it wasn't our normal routine. And I'm like, I I, I'm having the shakes. I'm I'm in withdrawal. So hopefully this is a return to uh, return to normalcy in the Gilball Tonight universe and. uh, I think we've got a a good show now. I didn't uh, I did not do any uh, any interviews for the show because I figured we would have enough to talk about on our own, and we do not want to do a three hour podcast. So I I agree. Now, can we start out the show though by by acknowledging Scott Parkin uh, at Captain Sparks on Twitter, yeah, yeah. and he knows what I'm acknowledging him for. And I'm just sad he didn't tag me right off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Go, go scrounge around on on Twitter, and if you know if you know the the content of the last few shows, you will definitely know why Bill found that so funny. Oh, I found that fantastic. Excellent. So, uh, yeah. So we uh, we are going to talk some season two. I mean, I know that uh, I know that it's a. Uh, not exactly hot off the presses, not as hot off the presses as our Hunter episode was last time, but on that episode, we didn't really have a chance to talk oh. about the rest of the season two rulebook, so we are going to start. those other podcast excuses, Phil. Eh, we know that Guild Ball Tonight is the original and the first, so until we talk about it, it's not really news. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it, and it, it all depends on which ones you listen to. But, uh, no, but I figure, you know, there is so much material here that we are going to, we are going to get at least a couple episodes after going through this mighty fine hardback book here. Oh, yeah. And um, probably even have a discussion about the mighty fine hardback book at some point. Well, and lucky for us. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Souls Kickstarter <laughs> kicked off, which means there's absolutely zero news about anything Guild Ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It is. It is. Uh, it is the the <laughs> elephant with all. a sword in its mouth in the room, I suppose. Um. So the uh, season you mean two little brother with a sword in its mouth. Uh, well, apparently there's a dog with a sword in its mouth, and I can't quite get past that. Okay. Um. So they. Uh, yeah. So I guess we should. We should just mention that if you are listening to this, you might have a few hours left to to get in on the the Dark Souls uh, Kickstarter, which I am certain is going to be a fantastic game. And if it is, uh, you know, if it's your thing, then awesome. If it's not, then awesome. You know, we're a Guild Ball podcast, and yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we will we we will we will cheer for the little brother, but. Um, you know, we got enough to talk about, so. Which is really going to raise the question. When they finally uh, released DC's new uh, Guild Ball-based card game, mm-hmm. now we're really going to be torn, because do we talk about that? Well, that's Guild Ball. See, that's that's what I figure, right? So, you know, Steamforged has has a lot of plans to be a, to be a, a, a company with a lot of products. And, you know, that's just opportunities for for other people out there in the community to to get in on this podcasting thing because exactly you know we we are going to be focused on guild ball and um i am i am very good at concentrating on one thing and one thing only to the exclusion of everything else in my life and that is a that is a trait and a cross that i will bear (laughs) and to be fair I think it's very nice that you're going to wait for another lawn to come out before telling the kids to get off our lawn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, wow, season two, there's this, there's a lot to talk about. So I guess we don't have to talk about Hunters, thanks to Jamie. True. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, why don't we talk about some some captains? Because they... You know, we we've talked about most of the captains so far, but we haven't really sort of wrapped up that discussion on captains. So maybe the so Phil, what do you? Which of the season two captains have you played to date? To date, um, the only ones I have not played in their final uh, incarnation. I haven't played the final version of Scalpel. And I have not played. I have not played the final version of Smoke, but I have played with or against everyone else. And to be fair, Scalpel and Smoke, I played um, earlier versions of them. So I'm not, you know, not uh, not in the in the dark. Just uh, you know, as is so often the case with me, I'm sure I will be using the wrong rules forever. <laughs> Right. At some so, point, I'm just going to start ignoring everything that is not retail release. So I have head. not faced Smoke yet. I've okay. watched. I've watched everybody play it. I've not faced Smoke or right. played Smoke. I've not faced or played Pinvice, which is mm-hmm. really odd because we actually have a good Pinvice player in our area. Mm-hmm. Um. I have also played or played against everybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that being said, I mean, we've covered, you and I have both covered and have uh, at least a, a passable understanding of the captains. What is your overall opinion 
of the season two captains now that they're all out right we see the final forms of everything mm -hmm. like as a whole before we split this apart what do you think of them as a whole and then how how much of a uh, well let, let's cover the other questions afterwards as right. a whole what do you think i think that they did i think that it's a 90 percent hit right like the objective to me for for the season two captains was that it become in every case a personal play style decision and not a power level or a efficiency question right that that every captain all you know all 16 captains now 17 with theron be uh interchangeable on their own team and i would say that that is i feel like that's about 90 percent true i think that there's a there are a couple that maybe that maybe sit just a little bit to one side or the other what do you mean by sit to one side well, either the season one captain feels a little bit better or the season two captain feels a little bit sort of objectively better. Okay. Now, that said, I do think all 16 captains are completely viable. Like, nobody is nobody is put out to pasture, right? Even Ballista, poor Ballista, <laughs> is, <laughs> is not put out to pasture. Because I'll tell you what, I realized the other day is that Ballista is trouble for those hunters and uh he's got a he's got a really good game against them so i and i and, and it's it's funny because i actually i it's so hard to do and and i suspected this was going to happen i didn't want to get i didn't want to start with the discussion as the overview of of better or worse right right um i will tell you my opinion i i when i think about my high level Wow, this is this is an awkward sentence. So so bear with me, right? <laughs> we'll diagram it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're gonna need a Venn diagram. <laughs> when when I sit That's down and I think about well. my opinion of um, of the captains as a whole, mm -hmm. I try to mentally separate out comparing one to one, okay. right? Comparing fillet to ox, uh, comparing you know hammer to uh, to honor. I try not to look at that. That's a separate kind of thought path in my head. What I do is I go back to what what Matt said at the St. Louis to open to us, which is, you know, if you have this nucleus of the team that is the captain, there's a center point in the definition of who the the team is, and then the small ring that's the nucleus and the captain should all fall at some distance between the center and the edge of that ring and some captains will be on the edge some captains will be in the center and most will be some distance out kind of circling that ring mm -hmm. and i feel that they have absolutely nailed that that every one of these captains uh the season two and the sea so the season one captains kind of defined for us what the teams were right i feel like Every one of the season two captains stayed within an acceptable orbit 
an acceptable nucleus of what the team had been defined to be. Right, but then everyone, with one possible exception, gives you a new look on the team, which is awesome that they could straddle that divide. Now, would you say that one possible exception is Captain Rage? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I think that he and Blackheart, (laughs) while they do it differently, at the end of the day, they're both sort of damage captains. So it's funny you say that, because I play a lot of Union. I think people realize that by now. If they don't, ha-ha, news. (laughs) (laughs) And and I've been playing Rage. Um, I'm actually a little sad. Okay, see, capture this soundbite. I'm a little sad with Rage, Captain Rage, because he took the team. I am completely confident he took the team in a direction that is viable for the team, that makes sense for the team in that that Steamforge wanted to go, whether it was Steamforge, Matt and Rich, or Steam in, in Jamie and everybody, or Steamforge the Playtesters. Um, it's not it's it's not the direction I wish they had gone. Um, going more damagey, yeah. I actually that was one of the few one of the few examples where I think they tightened where where the season two captain was closer to the nucleus of what they wanted for the team than the season mm-hmm. one captain was. Mm-hmm. Possibly, right. yeah. Well, but at the same time, I don't. The, the disagreement I would have there is that one of the things I find interesting about Captain Rage is that he may be too synergistic for a Union captain. Too synergistic, um, just because he's he's yeah, yeah, feeding yeah. other players, right? Like he is he is in his own weird sort of way a support captain. Yep, and. Yes. The, with the with is, is Union, you sort of expect that individual excellence. Right. I, but I actually like that you said that, because his support feeds other models' individual excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, it's their excellence in beating an MFR down. Yeah. But uh, but it really does. Well, and interestingly, I may have just talked myself out of what I said three minutes ago. He is sort of a different captain. Yeah. He is sort of a support captain, even though he's supporting the same side of the ball, right? Like they're both, they're both, uh, you know, excellent, you know, mobile damage captains. They do it a little, they probably do do it differently enough. I think that, I think I may have been missing the forest for the trees or the other way around, actually. And I think, um, I think. So, so I can see, so, so when we drill down, right? So then we get to the, the better, worse and better, worse, I really think is for the most part, a, a, a personal play style preference. Mm-hmm. I think in every case, it's a personal play style preference. So, so let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about personal play. Let's style. talk about that. <laughs> so the one that I hear most people get upset about, and I have started playing her. So I'm. I'm a, I'm a handful of games in. I'm probably three games in so far, right. so I'm learning her. Um, scalpel. Mm-hmm. I still hear a tremendous amount of. Um, I don't want to say hate, but uh, hate is the right word for scalpel. <laughs> that she simply Nessie. And again, I I'm around a lot of tournament people, so from a competitive mindset. Nobody likes Scalpel because she's not Obulus. She doesn't do what Obulus does. Uh, everybody says she's not as competitive as Obulus, she's, which translates into she's not as good as Obulus. Although these are some of the same people who cry about Obulus being overpowered. Right. 
Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> oh no, he's overpowered, but the new captain isn't overpowered, so she's not as good. So she sucks. Okay, wait a minute now, folks. Um, I, I found know. something very you, interesting. You need to see her played well. To uh, yeah, I challenge I, you to see her played well and still say something like that. I, I well, and I don't know who's playing her well right now because I see the same thing on the forums where nobody's really stepped up and said, "Wait, this is what she does." Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you my experience and. Like I said, I'm new to playing her. I don't feel like I'm playing her well yet. However, I, I don't have a horrible record considering um, what I see with Scalpel is Scalpel is doing what I have heard and what I have watched uh, Smoke do, which is with, with Obulus, you're playing, you really are, even if you try not to, and even the more competitive players who don't just give Obulus max influence every turn. It's still what Obulus can do and then the rest of the team after a gap. Mm-hmm. right? It's very much the old Midas thing, right? It's a superstar and then the rest of the team. I noticed just very naturally, and I'm seeing this when other people play Scalpel as well, naturally because she because of how she works the rest of the team starts doing a bunch of heavy lifting all on their own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it becomes a team game instead of a what's obulus going to do to mess something up or to enable something which i think is a great thing for for morticians right yeah i mean they you know the thing about the thing that i see about scalpel is that she she just has a way to to undo so many so many plays you know so many stacked influence things and we've got so many people relying so heavily on big piles right now you know especially i mean we've got all the six influence captains we still have your your shanks. You still have your flints and your your mists out there who who just need a certain amount of influence every turn, and just a player who can go anywhere on the board with one swing take away your plan for the whole turn, and then run away, un unchecked, un you know, unhinged. I mean, she's. Yeah, she doesn't get, do what Obulus does. One four hit swing in. Um, I don't disagree with you. She's incredibly fast mm-hmm. and fast enough to surprise a lot of people. Uh, in my even in just my limited experience playing her, one of the things, one of the comments I made out of coming out of my first game with her, and and I believe this is going to hold true. Her power curve is an inverse curve to how flexible your opponent can be. If your opponent is rigid in their thinking, comes up with a plan, Mm -hmm. and has a hard time adapting their plan, Mm -hmm. the harder it is for them mentally to rethink their plan on the fly, the stronger she is. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for players like myself who have always been sort of addicted to just spreading influence around and playing the board state she is less of a threat, I think, than for people who are doing set pieces. Right. And, you know, I think a good mortician player is going to do a little bit of 
playing the player instead of playing the the team. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I do. I also think that of all the season two captains, mm-hmm. she is the least flashy, the least explosive. So as an example, she's not going to come in and just murder somebody one hand, you know, single-handed like Filet does. Right. She's not going to come in and heal up the team or or push people around and set them on fire like and heal, you know, deal things like Esther's does. She's not going to come in and make the team single-handedly into a scoring engine like Pinvice does. She's not going to change and start knocking people down and bringing damage to the team like Corsair does. Like if you go down the list, everybody else does something. I think flashy is the right word. Everybody mm-hmm. else does something really visible, really clearly visible in their team. Mm-hmm. And I think she is the most understated of all the season two captains. Uh, that's fair. Not I mean, I think, I think she's, I think she's close to Corsair when it comes to just being workmanlike, but definitely compared <laughs> Except to, I've seen Corsair kill people. Well, eh. yeah. The uh, yeah, I mean when you're when you're dealing with a season that includes hammer and fillet, right? Uh, you know, it's a. Uh, I do see where you're going with that, but you know, I think. So I, was... I think Obulus. I think Obulus is still. How do I how do I put this diplomatically? I think in the long run, one way or another, people will come to see these two captains on a more equal footing, (laughs) whether it is because people figure things out or because the game sort of changes around the players. But so my opinion is, especially in morticians, Mm -hmm. I don't think in tournaments, un- unless the nerf bat comes off of gutter for Obulus. Or... Who? Gutter? <laughs> People play her? Thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, unless, some, unless, unless they look at toning down Obulus or beefing up mm-hmm. um, Scalpel, I actually am not expecting to see her regularly played in tournaments. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Do I think she's not going to show up at all? No, I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. But I think the people who show up with her are either going to be there to try to prove that they can outplay everybody, which is when she'll end up at top tables, mm-hmm. or and it will really just be a I took this to prove a point. Yeah, there's going to be true believers. Yeah. There's always going to be a few true believers. Or I think it's going to be mid to bottom table people that are just really there to have fun and play mm-hmm. four to five games in a day. I don't think she's going to be considered a viable competitive captain. All right. I, uh, as a non-tournament player, I will, uh, I will just leave that lion where it is. <laughs> I also think Ballista is going to join her on the bench mm-hmm. uh, as more people play Pinvice because I think even the people that, that liked Ballista are shifting either to other guilds or over to over to Pinvice. All right. I, I will say I think that if you were going into – if you're going into game blind as an engineer's coach, you're probably taking Pinvice. Ballista still has good matchups. Oh, I think he does Absolutely. And that's where I just think. I mean, poor ballista. 
poor Ballista is never going to live down, I think, his, his reputation. <laughs> but he still has some really good matchups. Yeah. I just think those good matchups are, are limited and the, the difference between... I, same thing with Scalpel, right? I think the difference between taking Pinvice over Ballista or, or uh, Obulus over Scalpel yeah. is more consistent and a top table tournament player wants that consistency with their plan. Yeah, all right. So, uh, let's see. We never got around to uh, discussing uh, uh, Follette, or however you choose to pronounce it. Around here, we prefer to call her Fillette. And now, now, is that simply because those other Brits came over and used that phrase? Because I've always called it a fillet. Well, no, they call it either a fillet or a fillet. I call it Fillette. <laughs> Because it sounds you and more I never had discussion. What do you order when you go to a steakhouse? Um, a ribeye. Right? A ribeye. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what do you call right. that? That. Well, okay. Piece? So my understanding is that if it's beef, it is a fillet. If it is fish, it's a fillet. Fillet. Right. Fillet of fish. So. So a fish fillet is what you order at McDonald's. I don't eat fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I order a fish fillet at McDonald's, okay. and I order I order the a fillet Oscar at a steakhouse. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, so um, fillet to go with uh, chisel is. <laughs> oh, I see. I like that. Yeah, yeah the chisel so... eating the fillet. No, it's just I, um, you know, I. I like to annoy certain people. Um, <laughs> so she is one that uh, she's a lot of fun to play. Um, I don't know because the couple of times I've faced her, I haven't been able to clear my eyes from the haze of blood <laughs> long enough to. Uh, no, she is. She is, she is a piece of work. And as an individual performer. She's wow. got to be up there with Midas and, and certainly Hammer in the yes. in the individual performer categories. I mean, she is she is winning games alone, alone, and leaving the rest of her team with very little resources to, with which to do anything, which is probably where the balance comes in. And and I think that's that's the most interesting thing to me here, right? She still does damage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and butchers still do a massive amount of damage. They took all that damage that the entire team can do yep. and put it in this one little girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she's, she's apparently pretty angry. But she's fun. I mean, like, not so much fun to be a play it against, but <laughs> she is fun to play. Uh, for team. I mean, like, I've never been a huge fan of playing the Butchers. But I think Follette might... If I can, let me put it this way. If I can ever get comfortable with a six influence captain, and this sort of goes for the Masons too, if I can ever get comfortable with a six influence captain, this is a team I want to play a lot. Hmm. Because there is something fun about having that one player who goes out there and just wrecks things. I, I totally get that now that I've played fillet and especially hammer like these are fun you know like playing that yeah. superhero is fun 
until you play against somebody who just knows how locks you down, <laughs> takes that play away, and dismantles you. She is she is so good mm-hmm. and has has so many interesting uh, to me she's fascinating because mm-hmm. I think she of all the captains walks that line um I, I you know I've heard the TKO guys talk about the fact they think smoke is the most powerful captain in the game now and um I I, I don't I don't agree with that. I actually think Filet does a really good job of walking that line of not being overpowered, but being really close. Making you think she might be overpowered. Yeah, right, right. I mean, when I sit and look at her and when I see her plate, I go, yeah, she's clearly not overpowered. But then she feels like she should be. like, she, Or she just has that turn, right? Like she has that turn and you're like, how did this get through? Yeah, well, I've I've seen another eight-point turn with her. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I have, I have in, in, and I'm telling you one point away from being a 10 point turn. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, had she landed, I, I'm trying to remember what it was, but basically she left one model on one hit point and then scored the goal. I mean, how did she get 16 hit points? <laughs> how did she get 16 <laughs> hit points, man? You just can't. You can't get rid of her. You can't get rid of her, and she just runs through you. It's yeah. She's, she's so good. She's good. Yeah. So all right. So I think we agree on that one for sure. All right. So uh, I think uh, Hammer. Yeah, let's I, talk because we both played a fair amount of. Mason's. I love me some Hammer. Do you? I love me some Hammer. He <laughs> is, and especially especially compared to where Hammer started because. I don't, I don't know that we've really talked about it before, but because because I was very concerned about Hammer. Yeah, when I saw Hammer's card originally, and yeah. it was one of the early ones that Jamie showed off with the singled out guy. Yeah. Um, which singled out good podcast. Go listen mm-hmm. to it. You'll yeah, like definitely. It. Especially that that Hammer evolution issue. Yeah. Can, you can sort of see all the stuff that we saw sort so, of as it happened. So Jamie and I were having a discussion about Hammer. And, you know, when we were going through all the captains, he's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm giving my opinion. He gets to Hammer, and I'm like, I don't want to tell you. (laughs) He goes, why? Do you think it's that good? I'm like, no, dude, it's the only model that I think you guys completely screwed up on. You have no idea what you're designing, and he's complete crap. But I don't want to tell you that. (laughs) Well, this is before before his final version. He's fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I mean, I never, I never liked his his uh, damaging the team to get power thing. I think that it works. That that shtick is fantastic for pin vice, hmm. but it it, it wasn't it wasn't a Mason's of, mechanic. Yeah, but she also pin vice has a different set of of, of abilities that she yeah. brings to the table by doing that damage. Right, right. But I think that the. The, the the influence mechanic that they settled on with Hammer was just right. You know, like everybody sort of pitches in and, and it's And I would say I think nice. Hammer is the toughest season two captain choice. I think that in in let me say that a different ways to, to be clearer. I think the choice between Hammer and Honor is the closest in that sort of orbit around a nucleus discussion we had earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the toughest. I can see that. I mean, they do, 
they do such different things and they are both so good at what those things are. I think that the only other team where that statement is as true and some people will disagree with me, but I think alchemists have the same hard decision. They are both so good at what they do, but they do two completely different things. See, now talk to me about why you think that hammer and honor do different things. Cause I actually feel they do exactly the same thing in completely opposite ways where I feel that Midas and in smoke do completely opposite things in their own way. Well, all right. I guess to a certain extent it might come down to how you're playing hammer. I have been playing hammer selfishly, right? Like I, I have been, I have been neglecting his heroic play. If you're using his heroic play a lot, then he and Honor are sort of in the same side of that Venn diagram. Yeah. But I have been trying to play him, and this comes sort of back to me learning how to play a six-influence captain, because historically I've always been, as I think I just said five minutes ago, I want to spread my influence around the team and just be responsive. And when you're not doing that, it's... (laughs) It's weird for me. So so I have been playing Hammer really, really selfishly. And much like Follette, having a blast doing it. Because when he just is able to run in and just knock three people out, it's yep. just, it is, a, it is a thing to behold. It is a wonder. And he is just such a freight train. And, so I see where you're coming from. So when right, I so if you Honor. play them... That much differently. Yeah. They really are different. But and, I totally get what you're saying where, yeah, if you play for his heroic, Mallet and Flint become exponentially better players. Not even just that. So what I would do when I would play Honor is I would load her up and then she had two roles. Either she got all the buffs and went and used all six of her influence very selfishly to just beat somebody down or position herself to shoot on goal. Right. Or in the same turn, the team would kind of do their own thing and she would spend four to five influence, sometimes four to six to make somebody else a superstar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Superior strategy on somebody, quick time on somebody else. So what I see with hammer is very similar, except that hammer spreads the influence around and then either he sort of slow, he either jumps up quick, pops up his, his heroic, does some stuff on his own, and then makes the people around him superstars. Mm-hmm. Or he reverses that. Again, very similar for me to Honor, where he reverses that and goes, I'm going to take a little of this, I'm going to take a little of that, and oh, look, I've been, I'm, I'm fast, I can kick the ball where I want it, and I'm going to beat you down. And does what you're talking about, which is just goes, just, just brutalizes somebody. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, yeah, I can see where you're saying if with with you always spreading all your influence around, he acts very differently, and he supercharges your play style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, but he's fun. I mean, there's just no, there's no way around it. Like. Honor was a machine, right? Like honor was honor was like a a, a flowchart. 
you know, where it's like, if this, then this, if this, then this. Yep. Like, Hammer is just, he's just a runaway train. And what what, what I kind of like about him, in a weird sort of way, is that he he is a player that your opponent has to deal with. Right, oh, like, yeah. like you, you dictate the flow of the game with, with a player like Hammer or like Follett or like Ovulus or like Midas, in ways that are different than, than toolbox captains or sort of predictable captains. That sometimes it's just fun to play those characters, and uh, Hammer is just, he's a new toy and he's very shiny. <laughs> And he's a ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And such a great miniature. Oh my god, that <laughs> miniature is just amazing. Now, I do have to admit, he has a couple of rules on him. And I think the only one i found that's worse is Corsair. Right? Because I've gone in, even knowing what I'm facing, I've gone in, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and fight Hammer. I, and this happened in my game with, with Filet, actually. Uh, not Filet, with um with a scalpel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scalpel's like, okay, so uh, you have one armor, that's good, so I'm only hitting on threes, and I hit you, and my opponent's like, and I have tough hide. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and okay, that's, that's cool. <laughs> so I hit you and push you to get you in that he's like, yeah, yeah, and I'm stoic. Yeah. Right? Corsair was a little bit worse, which was, <laughs> I hit you, uh, yeah, I have tough hide. I hit you yeah. again and take the ball, yeah, I have close control. Oh. I do this and knock you down, yeah, I'm also sturdy. Yeah, no. Uh, I was like, how many freaking abilities do you have over there? I don't know. Ask Hoist. Ask Hoist, that's all I can tell you. Well, yeah, okay. So. Touche, sir. Touche. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap it up uh, with... I am a huge fan of the Captains. I yeah. think they did a great job with the Captains Season mm-hmm. 2. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think that... Uh... Let's see, did we ever talk about Smoke? I don't know Not ever really. Actually talked about so i mean what is there to say about smoke she's really good uh different team though right like and i like that you know i like that i mean you hear a lot said about the way alchemists were supposed to be played i like that there's that off the reservation way to play alchemists that is absolutely just fun and flash right like Drive them like you stole them. <laughs> Just every activation run at the ball and good things happen. You know, I mean, that's a team that I seriously enjoy playing. And I think Smoke is the biggest battery in the game. I, Potentially. I, I mean, she doesn't need what she brings, but if you <laughs> give it to her, she can do some terrible things. Yeah, but she can do so much. It's it's funny. She's even in the fact that she's a captain is what surprised me so much about this. Right. She brings four. She doesn't need any. And even when you give her zero has a great impact on the game. Very similar to Esther's. Right. Has this incredible impact on the game, even with zero. And then you can give her one or two. Like every time you ramp her up, even by one, there's no set amount to give her. It just increases her impact on the game. Now I will say there's two things about smoke, and I see I get I get asked this question, and I see this question hmm. enough that there's two rules clarifications with smoke that I think we really need to to get out there because I think some people some people think that she is 
immune to effects. Well, no, that that she is mm-hmm. awesome because they might be doing two things wrong. Number one, blind is not an ongoing effect. Right. Blind doesn't leave a cloud, doesn't re- leave a ring. You can't jump into a blind. You can't uh, chemical br- breeze a blind. You can't alchemy mix a blind. Uh, is that what the TKO guys are doing? I'm, I'm no, they're not. Doing, they're not doing it. Damn, some Steve, I am it. disappointed. <laughs> the other, the other one is that Cloud Jumper is an entering. Yes. Uh, so if you go into a fire or a poison cloud, you gain the condition. And the trick here is, it's in her name. Jump into smoke clouds. Right. Jump into smoke bombs. <laughs> That's what you should be doing. Right. So. Uh, those two things, uh, I, like I said, I've seen both of those questions asked. I've been asked directly both of those questions and invariably the, the, the look of disappointment tells me that people are basing their very high opinions of smoke in some (laughs) cases on, wow, those would be awesome things if they... (laughs) If they were, and those would were. be awesome things. Yes. No, I I'm very aware of that. And the yeah. games I've seen, they haven't played that way. Now, yeah. the entering bit, I got that question the other day, mm-hmm. and I will. I'm trying to find the. There is a line in the new rulebook, the season two rulebook, that mm-hmm. talks about advances and talks about the fact that a place is not movement, which is accurate. When you're placed, it's not movement. Mm -hmm. However, there's also a definition, and this is what I had to bring people back to. It's the third definition down in the definitions, which defines what entering means. And that's the key for smoke. Yeah, and that's also the key for a lot of things in the rules is look at both sides of the rules because there there are many cases where... You know, one definition of repositioning doesn't include the specific clause that you're looking for, but because you really needed to be looking at the specific instructions on uh, playbooks or something. You know, uh, always try to look at the, the, the rules definitions in more than one spot if you can conceive of a, a way to do right. that. And in those cases... You'll and they see did a the, great job of clarifying a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. They did a great job of clarifying things, but in some cases, the clarification is not necessarily where you think it is. It's mm. so, yeah. I mean, in this case, the enter is the important part. And yes, I agree with you. If I was able to do both of those things, <laughs> I would think she is much better. <laughs> Absolutely. So now, you know the the who's better argument with with alchemists is one that is i think they're almost diametrically especially contentious right they are so so different and they run such different lineups you might as well have a a ninth or tenth (laughs) tenth guild so this is what makes me laugh. Um, and we were having this discussion with one, I was having this discussion with one of my locals about the new organized play rules, where in the championship uh, lineups, you could bring two, get you potentially bring two captains. And he agrees with you. I agree with you. They run completely different teams and lineups. What 
I don't agree or we wouldn't agree with you on is they're actually out of the same players. They just make those players do very different things. <laughs> right? uh, I, I guess. Yeah, calculus under smoke is a different is a different player than calculus under Midas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, calculus isn't always going to be under Midas. Apparently, she's always under smoke. But, um, <laughs> but, 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 you know what I mean? like catalyst yeah. under, well, I mean, catalyst is still, as everybody says, until new catalyst comes out, old catalyst is still sad. I thought he would get so much better. New catalyst is interesting. I think, uh, we will, well, we'll get to that with veteran players, which is coming up. Veteran players. All right. So, but yeah, so, smoke, I think is, is in smoke makes her team play. As opposed to being a superstar in the middle of the team. Although she's still pretty superstar-y. Yeah, I mean, her activation is is the Game critical act- activation for the turn. It's just that it comes at the other end of the turn than Midas right. is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, she, she's interesting. I mean, like I said, I haven't played the final version of her. I still think that she has a really cool ability to push people around the board, which she doesn't have. <laughs> Uh, but, um, it's, uh, unpredictable movement and cloud jumper and she's good. I mean, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or odds. Smoke is really good. I still think Midas is really good. (laughs) They're just two different things. Uh, so Phil, so what are you, so, so critters, what do you think at a high level at a high level? At a high level, not talking competitive comparisons. Yes. With the season two mascots, of which we have the final rules and no models yet. No models. I want my models. I want my armadillos so bad. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I grew up. All right. So this is this is one of those asides, and I'll come back to answering the question. But I just want to say this. <laughs> so as as some of you know, I grew up in the great yet despicable state of Texas, and. When I was a kid back in the 70s and 80s, there was this, let's just call it a fetish that the state had for uh, taxidermied armadillos holding bottles of Lone Star beer. And Are you serious? Yes. These things were everywhere. I should, I should tweet. Oh, I, should I have tweet to, I got to look at a picture now. All right. I, I, while I'm telling this story, I will tweet a picture because <laughs> I have one on my phone. So these would be in like every bar, every pool hall, every Mexican restaurant, every Tex-Mex restaurant. Those are two completely different things, I assure you. Uh, like they were just everywhere. They were ubiquitous when oh I was a kid. God. So then I moved to I moved to Florida, finished high school, went to college, and then ran back to Texas because I had this idealistic view that like Texas was this you know, wonderland of weirdness and like it was something out of a David Lynch movie and (laughs) found out that Texas had suddenly become everywhere else. And basically other than the crazy people, it still is sort of everywhere else now. And it really makes me sad and disappointed. And the armadillos were all gone. And like, I couldn't even find one to buy to put in my house. Not that I'm sure I would want to because armadillos are the ugliest creatures in the world whether they're dead or alive they really and, are and honestly you see a lot of them dead um <laughs> but usually on the side of the road so 
when when I found out that the Masons, arguably my favorite team in the game, were getting an armadillo mascot, ar- arguably my favorite animal, it was, um, you know, obviously a it was a, a a great moment for me personally and professionally. So. This is the most disturbing thing <laughs> I have seen today. I'm have you? Did ever, you? Did you look it up? I, I did. Okay. I went to images, uh, Google Images, and yeah. looked for taxidermy armadillo Lone Star beer. Yeah. This the I. This is fantastic. <laughs> it is. It is oh absolutely fantastic. I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm going to post without comment. Uh, let's see. This be shared, and this the, will the, make sense. <laughs> Subtitle needs to be Merca. You listen to episode seven. <laughs> You're welcome, Internet. Yes. So, so yeah. So, so when I was a when I was a kid, I probably and you know it's one of those things where I probably saw. 12 of those things my entire life and they just left that uh, that impression on me so anyway so what was the question the, <laughs> the question wow. was what do i think at a high level high level of just the season two mascots season as two a whole mascots. as a group uh i think that in in most cases they are they are a tactical choice Uh, I think that there's one case where I just don't see not taking the old one. And there's one case where I just don't see taking the new one. And in the other cases, it's a personnel thing, right? Like if you've got player A, mascot B kind of makes sense. But at the same time, if you've got lineup X mascot Y makes more sense and it's not and it's not necessarily limited to just players who have uh effects you know like like tapper or uh jack or somebody who who has a mascot specific ability on their card it's what those mascots do right like there's cases where you're going to want nadja out there Instead of uh, the the R2 D2, what was, what's his name? I can't even think of it right now. <laughs> Flask. <laughs> Flask out there. And, uh, and, and I mean, they both do kind of cool things, right? And, uh, you know, similar with the other mascots. So um, I like that, that in just about every case, it's a lineup question. Uh, except for I think the two cases. Before you dig I into specific cases, don't think so. Yes. Yeah. The mascots make me feel like I just don't get it. <laughs> Why is that? I, I like as a whole when I think of, when I think mentally across all the mascots, I think of the fact that there's a handful of cases that I could see mascots being useful that I might take and 
across the teams I play, which basically means not alchemists and engineers right now. Every other team, I see very little reason to take the new mascots. But, you know, I see reasons not to. I see reasons to. And overall, I'm very, I'm very, eh. I'm very unmoved by most of the mascots. Yeah. Most of the season two mascots. Where well, I but should they the season... not be the least important player on the team? Uh, but, but see, there's several season one mascots even being the least least important player on the team that I was still moved by. So then we drill down into specifics. All right. And that's why I say I just feel like I don't get it. Because I can say good things about several mascots, and then in some cases, as we go one by one, I, I, it becomes, like you said, sort of a, a tactical choice. Not even for me, in a lot of cases, not even so much by player. Um, so, so who are the two you think are clear? Were you saying there's two season two mascots that are clear choices over their season one? Well, no, there, there's one who I think is... An un, unmitigated improvement over season one, and that's Tentacles. I would agree, simply because it seems like Tentacles does something. Right, exactly. And then there's one I just don't... I, I, I see no... I don't see <laughs> as Which much one? value in Truffles as Princess. Okay. Um, I can see that. Truffles is certainly more resilient, but not resilient enough to sacrifice the the benefits that Princess brings. Yep. Um, and in some ways, I'm a little surprised that Truffles is not more resilient, especially, uh, you know, given that the... Um, gluttonous mass was spoiled almost immediately after the art for truffles was spoiled and we kind of had been expecting from the get-go for that to be an ability that which is kind of truffles would have not. right but then again i'm also well that's veterans we'll get to that so for me um i thought the strong box yeah was amazing when i read it and the more I look at it, the more I back off of that to not being able to figure out why I would ever take the strong box over coin. Mm -hmm. And that was always going to be a hard sell, though, given that coin was oh, fair. Coin was almost unanimously considered the best mascot in the game. He was going to be a hard sell. And it's, you know, probably the same the same sell that scalpel faces against obvious when you've got a consensus standout. Right, and you don't want to make another consensus standout. That's going to be a. There's going to be an issue there with, with the with the eclipsing. Now, Wrecker is another one for me that I yeah. started looking at Wrecker, going, I don't see why I would ever take this model over Marbles, mm -hmm. and then I swung way to the other side where one of my local competitive guys was saying, Oh, but. Look at all the pushing and rollerball, and you don't have to give him any influence. And he has this, he's, he's the only mascot in the game that, other than Coin, who with no influence brings a massive effect to the table. Yeah. And I swung all the way to the other side of thinking to myself, Wrecker is amazing. Yeah. And I've come right back to the middle of going, yeah, Wrecker has a role. He does. He's a role player. He's, I think, I think Wrecker, 
I think Wrecker is one of those tactical choices, and it's a little bit harder yes. to take Wrecker in a honor team because honor and marbles work together so well. Mm-hmm. But when you're dumping all of your influence into Hammer, it might be useful to just have a a mascot that can go out there and disrupt whatever My- formation the opponent has put together to hinder Hammer's ability to do what he wants when he wants it. Because normally Hammer can do what he wants when he wants it, but occasionally the ability to just go shove an entire team somewhere else is so going to come in handy. My challenge with that is I then wait, and this is why I, I'm not disagreeing. I th- mm-hmm. Wrecker for me has become a middle-of-the-line choice mm-hmm. where i got to figure out which is more valuable. And my choice here is having a fourth player on my team that can push people around versus having tooled up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my entire choice. I, I understand that choice. And it can be a hard choice, but I do think that I will say that for reasons mentioned previously, as well as his his on-the-field function, I think Wrecker is my favorite Season 2 mascot. Um, okay. And... It's not. It's only forty percent because he's really good, <laughs> right? Like, it's not a completely defensible position. I will be the first to admit that, but I do think that he is. I, I don't think he's a middle tier mascot. I think he's a top tier mascot in a team with another top tier mascot. You know, it's oh, it's okay. not, it's not as it's not as bad as the coin strongbox quandary. Where you've got the best mascot in the game and another great mascot. You know, these are two of the better mascots in the game. Right. You know, it's a different, it's a different. (laughs) It's a difference between comparing a, a, you know, one to 10, 10 being best, a, and I'm not saying he's a 10, but it's a difference between comparing a 10 and a seven to a nine and an eight. (laughs) Comparing two sevens or two eights. Right. Absolutely. Um, Quaff and Scum. If you take Esters, Scum becomes a bit of a joke that right. you can use in your campaign games, and Quaff is fantastic. Yes. If you take Tapper, you have a real choice, I think, between Quaff and Scum, and I think they're both also in that specific mm-hmm. situation. They're good models, and then in the other captain situation, Quaff mm-hmm. steps up and becomes a real... Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Quaff, Quaff makes a certain team better right and scum makes a certain team better so here's another one mother and mainspring i think mainspring is going to sit on the bench and you know him and salt are like Mm -hmm. buddies now i i don't know i still there's still people out there who love the ratchet suicide bug play and it's always going to be there in your quiver yep and it's always going to be an option, but I think your default mascot maybe is mother. mother. I do mean, she can she can move so much. What's that? Do you still see the exploding bug play a lot in your area? Uh, I don't play against enough people. Sure, period. Okay, but um, it's. I'm trying to think if I saw it at Crucible, because I think we had, like, 
either two or three engineers players on the day. And I'm trying to think how many times that bug went up. Um, I mean, it still happens, right? I mean, it's it's a thing. I mean, and I, I, and mother's I, I, yeah. mother's pretty good. Yeah. Well, mother with the with the handing out fire, yeah, is really good. Yeah. Um, I am seeing, and and that's a change, right? I, one of my locals right now is screaming at his uh, his radio, because um, you know I was arguing that mother was just passably okay, but yeah, mother's really good with mother's the. Mother's pretty good. Fire. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's not. You her her abilities read the first time much better than they are, but they're still decent abilities for a mascot. So I went to the other side, which is, um, her, uh, what is it? Her little her little teleport proximity. To thing. No, oh, okay. actually, that's completely at the spider nests. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the as a proximity mine. They put a three-inch area that hands out fire. Yeah, uh, hands out burning is is that I think is what makes her mm-hmm. really good. Now, what I, what I was gonna say is I am seeing less and less, both in tournaments I'm running and tournaments I've been following, less and less the exploding bug because it takes momentum to get the bug back, and I'm seeing engineer players, they're either so far up on momentum they don't need to to, to blow the bug up. Or they are, there's a tipping point where they stop getting as much momentum mm-hmm. and they can be held back and then it becomes detrimental. Now, maybe it's a viable strategy, but I'm just not seeing it as much. I'm also not seeing Ratchet as much. Right. So I've been seeing Ratchet less on competitive tables. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Nadja. Nadja's the one that so many of my locals are back and forth on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Nadja was the first time I looked at him. I didn't walk away with much, but then I like revisited him at, at some point and realized that he's got a lot of tools, right? Like he's got a two inch reach, he's got unpredictable movement, he he applies a condition, he uh he he buffs a pretty good player, and he's got a, a pretty cool uh character play. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a character play that takes, uh, some things off the table entirely, especially for these, uh, you know, one influence character players are out there who might not have that second influence. So, so he, um, you know, and I think that this is, that's a case where you're probably comparing him to, you're probably comparing him to Flask. And Flask has always kind of been a a slush activation mascot, right? Like occasionally he'll get off and intensify. Occasionally he'll give vitriol or miss that little bit of extra movement. Um, see, that's what I see him do: is the smoke cloud, right? And so Flask has never been one of it has never been a a flashy, interesting mascot. He's always just been kind of a little worker in the back. I think Nadja is going to be really good with hypnosis. I, and I think the trap on Nadja is, I think most people, their eye immediately gets drawn to assist Venom. Mm-hmm. And they start thinking about how he teams up with Venom instead of looking at the character play. I think that's right. the trap. Right. Character play hypnosis is so 
potentially game-changing. Mm-hmm. But even with five defense, seven health means not just getting killed. Somebody will figure out how to pin that unpredictable movement snake in and is going to kill Naja. Yeah, but you know, that that can be said about most mascots. So No, I, I like no, Naja a lot. I, I do. Yeah, I just think I I, I see mascots, even coin, get mm-hmm. get ignored a lot. Mm-hmm. Or be opportunity strikes where I think the first one or two times hypnosis goes off against somebody, they're gonna be like, No, this shit's not sucks. happening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so tentacles. Why does he have a two six kick? <laughs> Why? I mean, like, if you couldn't, if you couldn't just like rub it in the otter's face a little bit more, <laughs> or like, uh, we're gonna give this mascot, you know, uh-huh. midfielder kicking ability, and make his slow movement not a liability, and give him a useful character play. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, it is like I, I'm not expecting to see the rat much anymore. I, yeah, I just I really am not. I mean, pretty much Salt has loved creature going for him. Now Salt is incredibly fast. Yes, and he's a great place to park the ball. Mm-hmm. No, I mean he always had uses. They just weren't exciting. And, and with Tentacles having close control. He's also a good place to park the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think he's a winner uh, when it comes to the selection uh, criteria. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the model. I mean, you know, for everything else, I think that's going to be a really cool model. So, now, what do you think? Of, I mean, and we've talked talked about them all. We should touch on this. What do you think about the vile swarm? The vile swarm. Um, he. Uh, that's one of the ones that I, you know, I haven't played Vile Swarm and I, you know, I haven't played Veteran Graves. And they, they really go together more than almost any other mascot player combination. They go together. Um, you know, I, I don't know that, uh, you know, Vindictive and Packmaster together are enough to kind of turn them into a real big damage dealer you know i think that it's maybe a little bit more damage than the average mascot is putting out but oh i think it's okay so i think it's more damage Mm -hmm. i mean i think those two turn him turn the vile swarm into scum (laughs) i I mean really i mean you're talking about it's it's very similar right? right you're talking about three points of damage you're talking about two points of damage and three points of damage right, and then uh, with with seven with a seven you know yeah. a one influence charge with seven uh, attack mm-hmm. before and if Graves is within the four inches he's probably going to be engaging so you're really talking about eight influence you could potentially end up with two wraps on this one. Fair. Um, that said, so so here's something else I noticed. Season one mascots, as a whole generated an influence and didn't need an influence and rarely got an influence mm-hmm. right there's a couple of them that got it but right. as across the whole season two mascots taken as a group generate an influence and get given an influence or two mm-hmm. yeah that, that's a fair fair analysis i think you know and you've think, got 
you've got marbles on the one side that's the exception that proves the rule, and then there's Wrecker on the other side that's the exception that proves the rule. Well, Wrecker or Quaff, right? Right. Quaff, really, you give him an influence, he doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but, but again, same type of thing. You Most of these Season 2 mascots want some influence to have an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I, the Vile Swarm, I'm not sure... Outside of the fact that rats really skeeve me out, nah. I'm not sure I would end up taking... I, I don't see what he's bringing to my game plan over Dirge. Um, I'm not looking at my mortician mascot to do damage for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So, eh, you know. Um, I don't know. I think there's always going to be just... the temptation to take him with veteran graves. Yeah. Especially if you're not also taking cassette. Because the, the bird and cassette really are a matched pair. And veteran graves and, and, and vile swarm mechanically are a matched pair. Right, but the question is, when do you drop silence? Who can bring Dirge back? Mm-hmm. Like, when you talk about that whole, uh, yes, Veteran Graves can buff the Vile Swarm as well, mm-hmm. but the other big thing is he can bring the Vile Swarm back. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's a... Uh, I, that That's one of those things where I'm just going to have to... I'm going to have to wait and see, because I just... Yeah. At this point, I only have theory crafting to see the difference, and being somebody who didn't play morticians often enough to to be really right right on anything about him. I mean, you know, you are the morticians guy on this uh, on this show, <laughs> which is so weird because I've only started playing him recently, and yeah. hunters are staring at me from my painting table saying, "Don't play those guys," and they are very so. tall and imposing. But yes, I do like my morticians. Yeah. Um, Overall, I stick with the. They confuse me. I, I clearly don't get it yet because I'm so back and forth and wishy washy on these season two mascots. Yeah. No, I think on on a whole, I like them. Uh, some more than others, and you know, mascots are mascots. Like I almost wish none of them did anything, <laughs> but they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't feel like any of the, the two or three that I actually put on the, the table and proxied have been disruptive. And I'm not expecting any of them to be disruptive. I just feel like more so than captains where I, I feel like they really did a good job of giving us a hard choice mascots are not uh in some cases are not as hard of a choice i think and that's a little bit of a shame but i don't think that there's any you know even salt will still get played i can see that just not often yeah yeah I mean, Jan has a great salt with the captain's hat on him. If he doesn't put that on the table, I want to buy it. There you go. So, you hey, know, there's teams out there with Angel and Jack where maybe salts makes efficiency sense. just makes sense. Maybe there's there's teams out there where you're you're used to getting loved creature and getting those bonuses, and, mm-hmm. and it makes sense then. So, I mean, it's there's always going to and with the new husbandry card (laughs) 
Love creature is the is an even better ability. Uh, yeah. I think that you you can't look at salt, even salt. You can't look at it in a vacuum, and you have to say that in like the the, the shape of the whole game right now, he, he does have a couple of little things that he can point to and say, "Hey, take me instead." And uh, that's good. That's good. We should have that for every player. So so, what a great transition to <laughs> to veterans to veteran players. Oh, but before we get into the <laughs> mechanics of veteran players, people who have been listening to this show for almost a year have been waiting for their award. Have been waiting to find out who won. Our veterans contest, and this was, of course, the the a long-standing contest. And you know, when we announced it way back in the day, we had to announce it and hold it early because we didn't know what the spoiler schedule was going to be, and it really had to be concluded before any spoilers came out. Right. And then sit and sit and sit and wait. And I do want to point out, Phil, you have been just a saint of not gloating online while we're recording about the fact that you have had this list longer than you gave it to me (laughs) it took weeks upon weeks upon months of phil sitting back going oh yeah i know who they are oh you don't know yet no i don't know yet yeah so so bravo sir bravo (laughs) i i'm a i'm a I am a tight, uh, I am a tight <laughs> box. You can stop of there. Yeah, this is right. not who cares who wins. Leave the tight awesome. comments for somewhere else. Awesome. So, <laughs> ultimately, the the winning number, which we did, we did give away that the that the winner had gotten four right. And when you consider, you know, when you consider, I think four right was a pretty, pretty impressive achievement. And I was I was happy and pleased that only one person guessed the the highest numbers we didn't have to do any tiebreakers or you know we can just go with a single winner so having picked let's see if i can remember this off the top of my head unfortunately uh having picked i believe it was rage catalyst harmony and oh who was the four i think brisket he picked he got those four uh was uh paul waters from uh, from the uk so paul uh, i am going to be emailing you in the near future and we will be sending you something something cool which will probably be a set of gilball tonight dice Ooh, ah. and uh we will uh we offer our sincerest congratulations on your prognostications, and I hope you remember having entered the contest at all. <laughs> so better when he's like, "Why is this box at my house?" Well, I've got to get his address, so it's not going to be quite as much of a mystery. But, but yes, absolutely. Thanks everybody for having having the patience or the forgetfulness to put up with our veterans contest. And I promise the next contest we hold will resolve a bit more quickly, (laughs) but, uh, I will say that the, um, those Gilball tonight dice are nice. I, I use them myself and they are, they're very pretty. And it reminds me, Bill, I got to send you, uh, another six or 10 of them, uh, 
Whatever. Yeah. My, mine have I, I started a, I, I gotta order a new set too which which we will have more guild ball tonight dice um, oh yeah I, I, since I just ordered a hundred of them <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have more contests Bill Gosh, God, I'm glad we recorded this when we did because I'm about to order a hundred okay. so yeah. um well you'll order I, the I was next email 100. you about that right. anyways <laughs> I, I found that it's very nice to uh put them up uh, a dice as uh, you know like some of the guys do the goals and stuff and sure it's a I, I like my back printed guild ball tonight goal so I'm not willing to give yeah. that one away yeah but um our swag is nice swag our swag is nice swag yeah. but I spend putting too a much dice money on up our swag. now the <laughs> dice is the way to go <laughs> all right groovy so let's get to those veterans so um so let's do the same thing we've been doing as a whole as a whole without digging in high level phil what do yes. you think as a whole about the season two veteran players uh in most cases well no i'd say in about half the cases they are uh interesting but not superior in a couple of cases, I think that they may have used veterans as a way to uh, to address shortcomings in otherwise weak characters. And to give the character a second life, if not the instance of that character a second life. So maybe this is... I, I mean, you tell me. I... I I agree with your statement. I am disappointed in the characters that seem to be a straight upgrade. Mm -hmm. Because I really believed Matt when he... And this is not even editorializing and paraphrasing Matt in that bad change everything in the meaning of what a person says paraphrasing way he has it. I really believed Matt when he was talking about the fact that the veterans were going to be a change and an evolution of the character, not an upgrade mm -hmm. to marginalize or bench the old player. And I, th I I've been told that in some cases, in one case I do see that they, they pretty much bench the old player. Mm -hmm. uh, Graves, Graves being the one to me that looks like a straight bench. Um, I think I think there's three that are catalyst. I'm I'm told yeah. catalyst a is a straight Graves bench. The old and one harmony are all. I'd say objectively better than their previous incarnations. Harmonies, yeah, harmonies. The other one I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, I think the rest are interesting. I, you know, Spigot, it's going to be hard for me to play <laughs> veteran Spigot because I just love the original Spigot. Like, he, he's, he does such good work. But that new Spigot is a really good player. And I really like the new... I, I haven't... Okay, so I haven't put any of them on the table. I'm waiting yeah. for the models. But reading the card, I really like Striker. Striker Spigot. Yeah, no, he's a good player. But man, it's just... It's one of those... When, you, when you've been relying on a player to do so much for so long. Yep. It would be like if they made a veteran mallet. And what would be the point of that? <laughs> like... Like, you know, when it's a linchpin piece of your team and now they're saying, oh, well, here's another version of the linchpin of your team. And you're like, well, what the hell do I do with that? You know, right. 
It's like, I'm not going to so learn that. I, I've gotten the straight math argument. Oh, he only moves an inch more, or his, his threat range is only an inch more than the old one, and stuff like that. But overall, I, I like, like, Spigot's one of the ones that's really interesting mm. to me. Because I can see playing them both in different scenarios. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, and this, I think, has so much to do with how I play. Because I know people that love this, uh, Siren. Veteran Siren versus regular Siren. They do such different things. And for me, mm -hmm. Veteran Siren, complete waste of plastic and metal. I, I see no reason to ever well, put her on the table. You must not be playing Matt's attrition team. <laughs> well, but that's right. That's the thing is it all yeah. comes down to I play Siren. Boy, this is going to sound so bad. I play Siren for the control aspect, for being protected by, mm -hmm. by um, Beautiful and Charm Male and for Seduced. Mm -hmm. That's what I play Siren for. Mm -hmm. Just like I played Gutter, for chain drag, not for scything blow. Mm -hmm. So the other stuff that Siren can do on on base Siren, you know, her three six kick, her lure, her that stuff is nice, but right. it's not what I it's not what I use her for. It's not her role in the team. And to go to the new Siren, which debuffs, I can see the value, just not in that spot. Right. Well, no, and that's the thing is that I think that the, the new Siren, for people who are playing a certain fisherman team, is a very exciting player. She's weird. It's, I mean, she's just weird. But, yeah. like, in that tar pit fisherman team that Matt so famously loves to play, she she does work. But I don't want to play that team. <laughs> right like i never want to play with or against that team ever on either side i don't like that's just a horrible thing to do to a person right <laughs> and so like for me personally like uh, i like i re i'm in the same boat as you i really like the original siren i like what she does i like how she does it and you know, she for me is 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 is, um, is an auto include in the Corsair team that makes me actually look at Fisherman as a team that I would play. Which, uh, longtime listeners, uh, I'll give you a moment to get off the floor. Right, exactly. But you know that that's not the Corsair team that is is veteran Sirens team. You know, it's a it's a more flexible, more responsive Corsair team. So she's she is undoubtedly a player who does a good thing for a certain in a certain team, but will be a liability outside of that team. I think she is probably the most polar of the veterans. You know, she is the most specific of the veterans. Possibly. And, and this is where, so I actually, I, I, I think there's another veteran who's, who's, who's different, but yeah, I don't think quite as polar different. And I actually group her differently. So there's two veterans I group together. Yeah. Um, and for me, actually it becomes three because spigot falls into this group too, where I can see playing both spigots. So I wish you could play both spigots. God, how awesome would it be to play both spigots? <laughs> So the other ones I look at is brisket and velocity. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, fair. I mean, they're all they're all tactical choices where both players are right. are just fine. And one of the things I found interesting: so brisket and spigot, I think, are tactical choices. Mm-hmm. Velocity, I all I was thinking that, but I don't play engineers. My local engineers player pointed out to me, she is, as he put it, he believes she is the first explosive player that the engineers have gotten. That every team has some sort of explosive, big, flashy, do something big in a turn player. Well, she's that, definitely the first GoBot. I think yeah. Uh... Well, <laughs> and that was what, what, his whole thing about being able to I, basically, you know, gold, gold defense, gold defense, gold defense. I have the ball, go, go, gadget score. Yeah. He said it's. Like she may completely for him bench velocity, mm-hmm. bench original velocity. Yeah, I mean it's she's not so focused of a scorer. I think that you take her as a scorer, but as a sort of a two role player to bring a lot of versatility to your team. Especially in a team that's maybe already got, you know, Pinvice and Hoist out there doing yep. lots of ball chasing. And the ability to, to pair her with Compound and just become just a, a wall in the back and to, to, to deny scores coming the other direction. I mean, it's she's, an, she's a fascinating player, I think. Uh, that that ability to change roles is, I mean, it, it's unique, and you know, hopefully, uh, we won't see too much of that. <laughs> but uh, she's cool. I think I think she's cool. I, you know, story wise, uh, you know, maybe one of the saddest stories in the game. But uh, mechanically, uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> Fascinating player. Very interesting. Yes. But um, not necessarily a an auto-replace. I think that the that the original Velocity still has something to say, especially in a Pinvice team, to, uh, mm. to warrant a place. You know, getting that little bit of extra speed uh, that Pinvice can grant her that was always sort of the thing she was missing is uh is not uh, unwelcome and then there's harmony and catalyst yeah uh, you know harmony it's a pretty model <laughs> yeah harmony, and then there's veteran harmony yeah and then there's veteran harmony. well you know harmony was so much fun when nobody knew how to play this game you know like she's always been like like the the player that made me the most sad in in Guild Ball was Harmony because when when everything was shiny and new and, and nobody had models yet and we were playing with cardboard stand ups, she did so much cool stuff, and then we figured out how to play Guild Ball, right? And she just got smashed into the dirt every single game, and then she wasn't being picked anymore, and so. uh, is it fair to say she's the second least used player in the game i mean next to you know harry harry who who people just you know i'm telling you i'm telling you you know harry 
once you realize what you're missing with Harry, he's going to be everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that would be after they errata him, which he's in, you know, <laughs> Union, so they're never going to buff him. Hey, he might have well, a nerf know, coming for him. The so. real, the real, the question that people aren't asking is, what does season two do for Harry the Hat? Uh, <laughs> but so now we've got. Now we've got Veteran Harmony, and Veteran Harmony She's so good does such a different thing. Oh I mean, it, this is really a night and day player, and still a bit fragile, but not as fragile and capable of doing so much. And especially, I mean, smelling salts is such an amazing ability in this and, game right now, where things are with and breaking conditions. play. Oh, breaking play is phenomenal as well. I mean, but with the hunters out there, with fillet out there, with oh, yeah. smoke out there, smelling salts is so powerful. Um, I mean, she is, and then you, you team up her team player with towers, uh, defend those close, and you exactly. chain damage across the board. Like, I mean, like so much cool stuff going on but the thing that the thing that, that that sort of is still out there though is just that original harmony is still is still original harmony and uh, you know i <laughs> look one thing that i one thing that i don't really like with the, the state of the game as it is right now, one one complaint that I have is that when when the game first came out, when it first started, and and we were using Harmony, Linked was this cool thing that the Masons did, right? Linked was neat. It broke the rules. It sort of gave the team its reputation as rule breakers. It was unique. It was interesting. It was powerful. And then as Harmony faded from use, Linked faded from use. Now, one thing that has frustrated me very much, very much frustrated me, is that Linked is now available to two other teams in mm -hmm. better forms than what is available to the Masons, even had Veteran Harmony still Kept had linked. Because the Hunter's reciprocal link is absolutely better than the than the one way link that the that the Masons had. And the engineer's variable linked is absolutely better than the Masons defined link. So not only is what I once considered a signature ability of my favorite team relegated to the wastebasket, but I have to see it done better by two other teams. So Phil, Welcome yeah. to the world of your <laughs> expectations of how you wanted to play uh, didn't line up. Yes, yes. With the way the playtesters think things should play. I just, you know, I don't I don't even think this is a case of the playtesters thinking things should play. <laughs> I think this is a case of somebody not thinking 
Okay. I think this is a case of unexpected consequences. I don't think that there was a... I don't think an objective of the design process was keeping that as a Mason's ability. And I consider that to be a loss for the Masons. I consider that to be a loss for those characters. Um, I mean, I understand that in order to make veteran harmony work with both captains, she needed that animosity ability. But at the same time, they did nothing to make original harmony work better with hammer. But hold on. But, but here's my question. If so, let's look at this, right? If you took Harmony's tack, vet Harmony's tack, yeah, down to three, mm-hmm. and you took vet Harmony's kick down to two six, mm-hmm. which is where it was, why would she not be able to be balanced? Like, like. Why did they have to remove and put in animosity to honor? Why did they have to remove that link from honor? I don't have well, an answer. No, I don't have an answer to your question, Bill. Yeah, I, like like <laughs> it is a question I have asked. It is a it is a concern that I had going deep because as we as we mentioned a little bit ago, I knew Harmony was going to be a veteran. Yeah very early in the process and i had been asking the question a how are you going to deal with linked and b how are you going to deal with family under another captain always hoping that the answer would be both versions will have something with both captains and and i was and that wasn't what happened right i was mixing the two up so it's really only linked it's not even because family was on regular harmonies card so you just take family off right no big deal they're going to take that away anyways i don't understand what honor having linked how that with veteran harmony breaks breaks the balance somehow well only in as much as veteran harmony is so much better than regular harmony except well Veteran Harmony can do breaking play and smelling salts. Which is better than being a <laughs> above average kicker if she starts in the right position. <laughs> no, I it's it's a frustration. I think that I think that at the end of the day, having linked and family split on two different cards is the root cause of this problem. I think that had linked and family both been on original honors card, or I mean on original harmonies Harmonies card, card. we would not be having this discussion. Well, no, I would still be complaining that linked had been taken away. Yeah. Had well had been uh, stripped of its coolness. And left as a shadow compared to everybody else, but we wouldn't be having the kind of the mechanical questions I th- as as strongly, because we wouldn't have to we wouldn't have to 
sort of be reminded that the one doesn't work right with the other or if they had given if they had given hammer an ability that buffed original honor in some way or original harmony in some way which in the early i mean you go back through the again the single out stuff, right if you go back through he was something. buffing attacking midfielders which i yeah. think was an attempt to to give that effect um yeah so it's i like the new harmony in a vacuum but everything about the story of that character now you know the the way that linked has fallen away from being a mason's you know a, a mason's marquee ability to being the ability the masons do worst to to you know having a player who is essentially never going to be used again um you know i just in like all of the season two stuff, I'm able to be very positive about all the season two stuff because it's all very positive, right? Like all of season two, the balance is almost all right. The characters are interesting. The decisions are interesting. Harmony is a freaking mess. <laughs> so explain Catalyst to me. Explain Catalyst to you? Vet Catalyst. Vet Catalyst oh. is, a, um, is a way to end a game. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he no, is fair. Done. Okay. Yeah. See it. Yeah. Veteran Catalyst and is Casket are the same player. Yep. In their own weird sort of way, they are players who, for a two victory point event, score four and end the game. You know, it's uh, he's cool. I like him. I think he has definite advantages over old Catalyst, although at a weird cost. I mean, the fact that he's constantly damaging himself means that he may be weak at the end of the game to pull off that win. It's like... Right. He actually plays in a weird sort of way, almost better in a faster Alchemist lineup. Because if you can get two goals in two turns... And then finish the game in turn two with Catalyst. He won't have... His downside won't have come into play as much. Um, although, you know, with as many health boxes as he has and the ability to just turn one momentum into a negation of that, it's it's not like it's a big deal. I, I mean, what blows my mind is tack eight on a Furious model. Yeah. And and I know people are going, but what about Boar? Boar only Boar? brings one influence. Yeah. Right, I'm talking in 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 rephrasing that. Tack eight on a furious two influence model. Yeah, but Borg Borg is is still a four swing model, right? Oh yeah, and he's a three. He's a three. I know. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, he's close to Bor in that sort of. I can do a lot for, for a little category, but. Boar is boar, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of like that they simplified uh, the... Uh, what was Catalyst's ability that gave him a different buff depending on which Yeah, condition. elemental infusion. Elemental infusion. I kind of like that they just simplified it down into Chemical Frenzy because 
so often I think people fall into the trap of trying to maximize that and just waste opportunities to because it's like, oh, but I'm going to try to get fire on this guy later. And then Fair. it doesn't happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's all about that glorious <laughs> achievement, man. It's all about yeah, glorious but achievement. still two. You know his his third playbook: momentous two damage plus intensify. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know the thing about him is, all right. He, so he throws out. He gets in there. He 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 hits somebody who's already pretty badly damaged. He blows him up. He he does glorious achievement, and then he comes back on with fourteen hit points. Yeah, right. Like we talked about, you know, how often is Cena going to get Bear Hog off more than once in a game? I know Catalyst is going to do it a couple times. Catalyst is really, really capable of getting eight points. Yep. I mean, hands down. So. He's good. I mean, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be the ugliest guild ball player, uh, in, for sure. And um, and from a balance balance standpoint, I understand why this is. From a model look standpoint, I don't understand why he doesn't have gluttonous mass. <laughs> Whew. That would be that would be trouble. <laughs> you know, I would like to see him with gluttonous mass and half as many health. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I I gotta say I I am a fan of. It's weird because I'm a fan of the new Catalyst. I think he's a really cool player who's got a really neat sort of process that he goes through. But the way I play alchemists, he's actually a hard one for me to put into the lineup because I'm so tunnel vision on run and score alchemist that it's almost hard for me to to even realizing that he's still a four-point player like he's still a goal scoring player in his own right but when he's not getting damage support from somebody when he has to do all of that damage on his own right he's a little bit harder to slot in than he than it is when you've got when you've got a lineup where, you know, Vitriol has softened somebody up or, you know, Venon has, has put some damage on somebody and he can come in and just do the last 10. <laughs> you heard what you just said, right? Yeah, come in and do the last 10. The last 10. The last 10. Well, you know. And then blow himself up. I love it. I the love it. The last 10. Eh, you know, it's not that hard for him. <laughs> Wow. If he gets that rap on the first one, 10 is a very easy number to get to. You know, I, and I'm glad, I, this is why I wanted to do these in the order that we did, because I am, as we go down that list of season season two new players to season two captains to season two mascots to season two veteran players, mm-hmm. I become less enamored with the choices that were made. Yeah. Right, I'm still excited about season two, but but I, I I think the best job was done with the new season two players, except for Harry. And then captains were were sort of on par, and then mascots were like I said, I'm I'm confused, and then season two veteran players, I'm very, eh, very hit or miss for me, very hit or miss. Period. I think. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think I, I sort of agree with you, and I sort of think that there's a couple of them that may be spoiling the soup because I think that there's enough of the veteran players who are swappable that the the outs the outsized change that harmony and catalyst represent over their previous incarnations maybe uh affect your opinion more than if you were just looking at spigot brisket and uh velocity you know so here's i god do we have a way to set up a poll uh i can figure out a way because we should do a poll. I don't want to. I, I we don't necessarily have to rush it for this episode, but yeah. this would be a great time to get some feedback from the community. Because I would love to know people's thoughts. Like this was my Twitter question for the for the listeners, right? Which is, do we need? We've already gone down the path, so it's not like they're going to reverse. But were the veteran players needed, or could we have just had two new ones? Could they have just had yeah some new players? Like, did they have to go into that right. design space? I think it's it's an interesting question, and I well, I think everybody will have an opinion on it one way or another. Maybe, well, maybe I'll hold my opinion on it until. Yeah, I, would I don't want to. I don't want to ruin our poll, But I, I can answer that question for myself. But I think it'll be more interesting to maybe see what other people think. I mean, and why don't we do that? Like, email in, send Twitter messages in, and let us know. Like, did yeah, I'll the, put a poll did the design somewhere. space of veteran players was it needed? Yeah, is it a good thing, bad thing? What is your opinion as the listeners? And then Phil, you and I can talk about it sort of as a as a topic with the feedback from the mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the listeners. All right, so I know I said that the uh, that there weren't going to be any interviews in this episode, but this is actually something a little bit different. So one of the things that uh, we want to do here with the the season two episodes of Gilball Tonight is to start looking at some new recurring segments. You know, not necessarily segments that would be in every episode, but segments that would uh, be uh, repeated and. Um, so to that end, one of the one of the segment ideas that we have for the show is to give you, the listener, an opportunity to to come in and uh, join the conversation, literally, uh, specifically to to tell us what's on your mind, and that's the the tentative title of the segment. Although we could probably come up with something much more pithy. So the objective simply being that uh, you know we know that. The, the people in the community often have ideas or opinions or concerns or uh, newsworthy events which they would like to which they would like to give a public voice to but don't necessarily have the the reach uh, that uh, somebody like uh, Gilball tonight has so the 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 offer sort of that we that we make is to to contact us let us know what exactly it is that you would like to to talk about or to to get off your chest or to uh, pitch and you know if it's if it's uh, uh, if it's right for the the show we will uh, 
we will get in touch. We'll we'll record uh, we'll record a segment with you, and you can you can sort of uh, leverage our uh, audience. So, by way of a a trial balloon for the segment, and, and by way of a a first installment of this segment, uh, we are going to be doing a uh, what's on your mind with friend of the show. Uh, Jason Tate and we'll go ahead and drop that in here and then Bill and I will be back on the other side to mostly talk about upcoming uh, conventions that we'll be attending and then wrap it up so uh, let's get on with uh, what's on Jason's mind all right Jason so uh, so what's on your mind I've been thinking a lot about um, – I watch tiebreak a lot trying to see what's going on and check who's doing what. And it seems like there is a tournament over in Europe about every 20 minutes. There's yeah. a new 16 or 32-man tournament. Yeah. And I believe they even had uh, two this weekend. At least. And it doesn't seem like as many pundits are running tournaments here in the in the States. Right. And so I would like to see more tournaments, especially being a pundit myself, that if I run a tournament, I can't play in a tournament. And I'd like to get more tournament play under my belt. Uh, that's understandable. So, and it, and it may just be my my little immediate area. There could be some that are going on other places, but I don't see a whole lot of tiebreak tournaments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it's. I think it's safe to say that at this point we've – we've got the numbers. I mean, there's a lot of regions right now where, where there's no question that we have the numbers. I mean, I know that it would just be nice if, if we were doing a better job of, of advertising in, in a central location. And obviously tiebreak is, you know, whether you like it or not, tiebreak is that location, right? I mean, it's, it's the, it's the gold standard right now for, for sort of establishing the identity of your tournament for the the populace, and I think that I think it's going to be the standard. It's yeah. I mean, even to get a sanctioned event, you have to run it through Tiber. Right, right, so, and and sanctioning while while sanctioning is the goal, not being sanctioned shouldn't stop you from running events. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've only got eight people, that's still a good tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if that's what's stopping you, don't let that be what's stopping you. You know, still run that tournament because, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I feel like even though, you know, even though I am not a, a tournament animal, you know, even though that's not my favorite setting to play games, I do see that nothing sort of binds a community and lifts a community and establishes a community as well as tournaments. I mean, leagues don't do for a community what tournaments do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's your experience up north, but, you know, people people come to tournaments who wouldn't come to a campaign night. Yes, we get that a lot here as well. And it's I'm under the impression that of tournaments of if you build it they will come mm-hmm. so if you just post it and advertise your tournament people will drive to go to a guild ball tournament yeah yeah i mean at this point the, there's still there is still a lot of novelty 
And just knowing that there's one that you can get to sometimes is enough. Mm-hmm. And I like tournaments better than league nights because when I – like there's going to be a tournament in Louisville here in just a couple of weeks. And it gives me the chance that I know I'm going to be able to play four games. Mm-hmm. In a day, and that's very hard to do that when you're not in a tournament because mm-hmm. soccer mm-hmm. practice gets in the way, jobs, and so it, it's hard to carve out the time of sitting down and playing that many games. But when you show up to a tournament, you're going to get that many games, win or lose. Well, and the other nice thing about having about having different groups in a region, each running tournaments rather than just kind of relying on one place, is that the pundit gets to play, right? Very, very I haven't had a chance to play in a tournament since the St. Louis Open. Yeah. Well, because you need you need somebody in your region to, to pick up the ball and run a tournament for you to go to because <laughs> I, I know you don't like to you don't like to see it when people who are who are in charge of an event play an event and that's something I agree with as well. Yeah, not at all. Let's get Let's get the word out on tournaments that are happening and don't be afraid to run tournaments where they're not happening because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that you don't have 32 people. It doesn't matter if you don't have 16 people. If you've only got four people, just run a tournament. Maybe some people will come out of nowhere. And and they do. It's uh, like I didn't expect the Virginia guys to show up to the Bourbon Trail Open and we got we got Virginia, and I really didn't expect the Tampa guys to show up. That was a pretty that was a pretty pretty good one. Well, we are but, we are the best Gilball community in America. Are you now? That's that's some bold words. I I, I like it. Well, I mean, it's, somebody's got to be number one, right? It's uh, it, it's a lot coming from the guy who almost never shows up. <laughs> how, how many games did you play at the Bourbon Trail Open? Um. <laughs> I played a game. <laughs> I played a game in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. I play. I think I played one game that entire, and that during that entire run of uh, of days for that trip. But I was busy. I was I was driving the car. <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> now, I mean, we do have a slew of ter- con tournaments that are coming up, but um, I want to see more locals because I think no. that's what. You don't experience Guild Ball till you play four people back to back to back to back mm-hmm, or three, depending mm-hmm. on your size. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely, I think, changes your perspective on the game to turn it into an endurance sport mm-hmm. rather than a uh, just a casual thing or a sprint. It's uh, You definitely see, you see some character come out of people in, in a lot of cases that tells you a lot about the person. And it can be it can be interesting too to go to a tournament with friends. Yep. That's one thing I have noticed from my my standing around tournaments, which of course is my preferred my <laughs> preferred approach to to tournaments is of course standing around. And um, I've learned a lot about some of my friends and acquaintances after about the uh, after the end of that third match. I would say you learn a lot about people. <laughs> Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, to yes. to not to not rehash certain conversations that got maybe a little bit uh, a little bit heated, but I would say, hey, yeah, there's a there are some characteristics that arise, but not to not to scare anybody. It's just it's just that we are 
we are tiptoeing around some some inside jokes at this point. So, <laughs> my, I guess my favorite person that I've played against was Cray, and he is just he's just beautiful. And I, I lost to him because of his beauty. I, I couldn't roll the dice well. <laughs> Excellent. It's good to know. Yeah. It's good to know. Send how many of these I can get in here. Yeah, well, you know that. <laughs> That is one of the reasons that I don't play is because I just, you know, people, people are in awe of me. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, my reputation precedes me. Well, and speaking of feedback, I am looking at the time. <laughs> so, so our, uh, our, our point counterpoints going to wait for next episode. <laughs> I think the Twitter questions are going to wait for the next episode because we're pushing on two hours. So apparently there was a little bit to talk about. With well, you the, know, season two. But what I will say is, barring another dramatic and unforeseen life event, our next episode will be on time, which means you only have to wait a week for the next right. one. So everybody who sent me a Twitter question last week, <laughs> we will get to them because I've got a list and they're really good Twitter questions. And I think that... Depending on news, next week we could do point counterpoint because I still think we should do that, and I'm going to call yeah. it out now because I like the point counterpoint yeah. idea. Yeah, you know, one of the things that one of the things that we're going to try to do here at Gilball tonight is, you know, we've been doing this show for over a year now, and you know, we've got a nice groove going, but I I, I feel like maybe we need some new segments, you know, not not something that's in every single show, but just some some things that we do regularly that are new just to keep it interesting. And so one of the things we want to do is a, a point counterpoint because apparently people really like it when Bill and I don't agree on things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there are a few topics out there where, where your, your humble hosts do not even remotely agree. And, a uh, I think that the, those are good opportunities for us to have a civilized discussion about uh, about those specific topics. With um, and I think you're really tying my hands here with civilized. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see if we are still friends on the other side of every one of those segments. So. Uh, yeah, so look for one of those in the next episode. Look for our our long-delayed Twitter questions. And, uh, you know, perhaps uh, all this and more in the next episode of Gilball Tonight. With any so, luck, so about Phil, seven days after you hear this one. And we're going to talk about this in, in the next episode in several. But uh, before we get to the jaunty club music coming up here... <laughs> Which, which I so enjoy. I really do. I, yeah. I like the jaunty music. I'm thinking about stealing it for other shows. Yeah, um, are you going anywhere anytime soon? Are you traveling in the near oh. future? Yeah, so I uh, I should be next seen at Gen Con. I have, I have made the commitment. I, I felt bad about missing Adepticon, and I had... Uh, so much fun at every other event that I've been to that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and even though it's crazy huge and crazy crowded, I am going to make that that trip because I want to be there for the U.S. Championships. What? That's right. So if you have not heard, the U.S. Championships, the event where you could win a plane ticket to SteamCon, 
uh, to play for all the marbles is going to be at Gen Con. So the uh, the anticipated format, uh, should you want to get in on this, is that there will be <laughs> a 32-man event on Friday. There will be a 32-man event on Saturday. Saturday. And, of course, you know, women are, of course, free to play. We should we should probably be a little bit more egalitarian and just call it a 32-seat event. Uh, and then the top four people from each of those will be invited to a Sunday uh, eight-person uh, event to determine the winner. So it'll sort of be a... Uh, you know, a, a championship bracket type yep. uh, format. So not not strictly um, organized play document, but that is sort of the 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 space and time uh, compromise that was made, given that Gen Con is such a such a big and involved event. That is what we. Uh, that is what they were able to arrange, and I think it'll be. I think it'll be cool to have the uh, the sort of two chances to win when the stakes are as high as they are. For for those people who finish top four of each of the two day events to to have that that you know sort of second day that they that they have to either you know cement their their you know ownership of that plane ticket or to to get a second crack at it i think there's something about this format that i kind of like so uh yeah i have i have made my arrangements and i intend at this point to be there barring any unforeseen circumstances so uh so i will also be at gen con awesome I will be, and I, I really, I, I've been on a tour with these guys before. Are you I had a going great to time. play at Gen Con? I'm, I'm going to play at Gen Con. Okay, I will um, not. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm struggling right now. I have on my wish list the Friday championship qualifier. Mm-hmm. I am, uh, so, so I will be attending with Geek Nation Tours. Okay. Uh, anybody who's not familiar with Geek Nation Tours should really go check them out. A uh, really great organization that does exactly what the name says: Geek Tours, right? Um, coming with my family, staying attached to the convention center. I mean, the whole thing is fantastic. But right. I have on my wish list the Friday tournament. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I want to throw on the Saturday tournament, but Saturday I think is going to be my day to wander around with my family and mm-hmm. and do family stuff at Gen Con. Makes um, sense. Although we're going to be there all week, and you know. If I get knocked out on Friday, I'm not sure I really want to show up on Saturday and try to get knocked out again. <laughs> so, um, that being said, I am very much looking forward to it, and uh, and yeah, it should be a great time. I will probably uh, offer to help Jamie run things on Saturday as well. Possibly, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, now, in addition to that. Uh, I want to point out LaVale, Maryland, which uh, apparently if you trip on a stone in LaVale, Maryland, you end up in West Virginia. So from a physical location, LaVale, Maryland, this uh, coming weekend, the uh, 14th of May, there is a tournament that I will be at. And anybody who can get to that area 
um, should come out because it should be a really good day. Um, our friend Dwayne, uh, Dwayne, who I should mention won the Huzzah Hobbies Spring Fling, which is only important to the U.S. players because, you know, it's the uh, to-date largest tournament in the U.S. for Guildhall. Uh, uh, did, did I mention that? Did you mention that? Did, did I mention that I ran the largest <laughs> tournament in the U.S. to date? At uh, least until what, <laughs> August, right? Well, well, we'll see. Hold on. I have 31 players, okay, so we'll true, see. True. We'll right, see. Fair enough. All it takes is, you know, one person from each of those tournaments not to show up and you know, they're just tying with, with the Bills tournament. Yeah. So, and we're but, not uh, even we're not even gonna mention what's happening this weekend in uh Yeah. In, I, mean, in I know Stockport. I'm still struggling to get to thirty two to get our silver. Right. That uh, that thing happening this weekend in Stockport will of course be vengeance. And I I can't wait to see what kind of number they put up. I that thing. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that I, I want to hear stories of that thing. <sighs> For, but for, for those who can't make it, go to Lavelle to get over here. Yeah, exactly. Con- your, uh, you can drown your sorrows. Exactly. I will drown your sorrows with you. And then on the 28th, our good friend Alex. Hi, Alex. <laughs> is running a tournament up in uh, Philly. Um, that would be May 28th. And again, I'll be up at that one. I'm going to travel up there. Um, this is a lot of fun. If you want to dig around on tiebreak. Uh, let me see. How do we put this? Uh, the Cleaver named Guild Ball Tournament, where typos reign supreme. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this has been this has been just a, a whole lot of fun, and uh, that's going to be on the twenty eighth of May. Mm-hmm. And then, as yet, still un un uh, advertised, other than me mentioning it here and at my tournament, is uh. Local pundit Dixon is running another Guild Ball tournament on the 11th of June at Huzzah. Now, here's a fun one, and you'll like this one, Phil. Yeah. On the same day, now this is supposed to be just a small local, you know, local tournament at my store. So we'll see how many people show up because as yet between Philly and D.C., you know, capital, the capital area and the Liberty Guild Ball guys, we have yet to run a small tournament. (laughs) Um, But... This is supposed to be just a small local tournament. It is being run on the same day as the local Blood Bowl tournament. They're dead to me. <laughs> so, well, so the store owner at Huzzah pulled me aside. He's like, was this planned? I'm like, no, not at all. But I think it's brilliant. He's like, I think it's awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we will have a host of Blood Bowl people in there. And I'm sure the Guild Ball people will be able to make more noise. Yeah, probably. Probably happier noises, too. We just need to convert some people. That's all. I mean, <laughs> man, that's that's well, that's God's work. But you're you're not going to get many. Uh, uh, you're not yeah, do so well. I am. So. so all right, and then Gen Con in August, and then Gen Con in August. It's going to be interesting. I have always wanted to. I've always wanted to go to Gen Con, and never never had a compelling reason to do so until this year. So. I this am looking my, forward to it, but I am a little intimidated by yeah, this the. This be my third trip there, and I am yeah. I'm excited. Well, cool, cool. I am I am looking forward to that for for certain. So, uh, so I thought this was going to be a pretty normal episode. <laughs> it it seems out, normal. Yeah, it's 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 long. Um, 
and we didn't get to all of our content. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call there's it a two-parter, right? Week. Right. So there's a, we'll call it a cliffhanger, and uh, we will wrap <laughs> all that up in, uh, in next week's on schedule. Back to back to work, back to normal episode of the Kill Ball Tonight podcast. So, Bill, thank you for for joining me and for staying up late. <laughs> Absolutely, and thank you. And let's listen to that jaunty music. Oh yes. So, all right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Knees up. Watch the knives. To join the conversation, comment on the show post at guildballtonight.com or email us at guildballtonight at gmail.com Phil can also be heard on the Game Punting Podcast Bill can also be heard on the Gamers Lounge Podcast Check them out on iTunes Also, feel free to give us five stars on iTunes Every little bit helps But when you do, don't write a review of the show No Instead, just tell everybody why you love Flint so much aren't my thing but I know a lot of you are into them so here's a few that are coming up soon Vengeance 2016 the 14th and 15th of May at Northwest Gaming Center information on tiebreak get over here on May 14th in LaVale, Maryland information on the forums if you'd like your tournament or event mentioned in this list Drop us an email at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Include the name, location, date, and best place to get more information. And we'll put it in the show. And now for this week's edition of the Guildball Club Roundup. To get your club included in this list, send us an email at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Include the name, location, and best contact method, and we'll get you in the next show. You'll need to resubmit your club about every three episodes, so keep that in mind. Armada Games in Tampa, Florida. Find them at armadagames.com. South London Wargamers in London, UK. Find them at slwargamers.club. Chelmsford Bunker in Chelmsford, UK. Leeds Night Owls in Leeds, UK. Find those two on Google. 1066 Wargaming in Hastings, UK. Capital Guild Ball at Dream Wizards in Rockville, Maryland. 2-6 Wargaming in Cambridge, UK. Warhammer Gaming Club in Sunderland, UK. Siege Tabletop in Beverly, UK. Sheffield and Rotterham Games Club in Sheffield, UK. Group North Wargaming Society in Adelaide, Australia. War and Peace Gaming Club in Sandy Acre, UK. Outpost in Sheffield, UK. Dark Worlds Gaming Society in Fareham, UK. The Dice Saloon in Brighton, UK. Colorado Guild Ball Facebook group in Denver, Colorado. 
Our House Games in Monroe, Michigan, and the Middlesbrough Gaming Club in Middlesbrough, UK. Find all of those on Facebook. The Bradford Gamer Society. Find them on Facebook. Asgard Games in my hometown, Houston, Texas. Find them at asgardgames.net. Chicagoland Guild Ball. Find them on Facebook. The Carolina Guild Ball Association in Charlotte and Raleigh, North Carolina. Information on Facebook. It is time once again for another installment of Ox's Poetry Corner. Some guy's theory is that I am tenderizer. I can get with that. We have a university here called University of Kentucky, and they're no, known for basketball. And yeah. there's a lot, a lot of teams that they hate. And one well, of the I, I biggest, think it's the other way around. Well, yes, but they, they think it's everybody else. Mm. And so I wore a Louisville shirt, which Louisville is probably their biggest rivals. It's it's just nasty. And so I wore a Louisville shirt to school, and I had a parent stop me in the hallway, start cussing and yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm flabbergasted, not knowing what to do. I'm, I, I, I couldn't even believe this was happening in my school. Yeah. And I, I had to I had to look at her and say, ma'am, just, just to let you know, Louisville was the only school that gave me a scholarship. And so that's where I went to go get my teaching degree, you know, so that I could become – you know, the teacher of the year. And she just kind of looked at me blinking. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, oh, no, ma'am, I'm just kidding. I went to this little local college. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> just just to see her face, but I, I don't think she talks to me anymore. She hasn't talked to me since. So. Yeah, probably for the best, but. It probably is, but it, it, it was great just seeing the nasty vileness that came out of her. Uh, you're probably just lucky you didn't get shot. We don't, we, we don't want you to carry um, guns in school. And yet, it, it's going to come, I'd say. And that stops people? Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it, it if they take happen. your gun away, you just go to Walmart and get another one. You can get several. And a shovel. And, uh, and some shelf paper, and some soap, and um, a hat. And a new um, greaseless fryer I saw that was on the little end thing. I, that, that caught my interest. A greaseless? How do you how do you do a greaseless I, fryer? I don't I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to buy one because <laughs> it's there. It's next to the gun section. Next, it's next to the guns <laughs> and soccer equipment. I found out. Oh. <laughs> We've totally derailed this segment. <laughs> Absolutely, that's all what we do. But, but I, I will I will chop like three minutes of useful content out of that, and it'll. Be oh like, no, you got you got to keep it all. Just keep it all. Just run it all just at keep, the end of the show. Just run it all at the end. All right, and then, then um, I want to know about this greaseless fryer, though. I know, I know. Is it just like a toaster? I, I, <laughs> it's a toaster oven. I just misread it. Yeah. I mean, no, how, do you, just, how do you fry something with that grease? I, it's an air fryer. I think is what it's called. And it says so it's a toaster. To no, yeah, yeah. It says uses little to no grease and can make buffalo wings. So I'm all about it. <laughs> I need more Maybe you just fry them rice. in the buffalo sauce. That wouldn't be a... Maybe you take your regular fryer outside and fry it, then dump it in this to keep it warm. <laughs> it's a toaster. 
so every everything everything you say brings us back to the fact that it's a toaster. You're going to make me have to look it up here once we get off this. All right, very good. <laughs> it's going to say so, it's going to say uh, sea toaster. All right, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. It's always <laughs> have a good, good night. Idea. See you later.